Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, October 9th. It is a relatively quiet morning. S&P futures are rebounding after an ugly session on Tuesday. Very little news out overnight as far as the major macro trends are concerned. All investors are still focused on these China trade talks that are coming up on Thursday and Friday. Investors are trying to make sense of a lot of the actions that came out of the White House this week, including that expanded Commerce Department blacklist, these visa restrictions that were put in place, etc. You know, a cynic may may conclude that Trump, amid the impeachment fallout, is worried about having his negotiating leverage eroded into these negotiations and is looking to simply strengthen his position. I would probably come down on that side. I don't necessarily think it's all just a coincidence. There was a Bloomberg headline that's crossing just as we speak right now at around 5, 10 a.m. saying that China is open to a partial deal despite the expanded Commerce Department blacklists. Um, And I still think that you are going to get a quote-unquote truth exiting this meeting. And, you know, the bar for success is very low. If we can simply avoid the imposition of these next tariff rounds that are scheduled now for October 15th and December 15th, if you see China's agricultural purchases continue, and if you see the dialogue between the two sides continue, I think that would be a victory. And I think that is uh, that will get the S&P back above 29.15 and probably closer towards 3,000. Um, at which time I think it should be faded. So as we go into the end of this week, I still think that, um, especially down at 2,900, tactically the risk reward is positive. Uh, I don't envision you know, this, the quote-unquote truth plus type of scenario whereby China makes uh, structural concessions on, on the IP front um, and you see some more uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, expanded details of a more definitive deal. I think, I think this is all just kind of avoiding incremental escalation and continuing negotiations, um, and that would be a victory. So tactically from here, um, I am positive, uh, but I still think that 3,000 level is, is, is one that's uh, going to be very difficult to break above. Um, for all the same reasons I've, I've been talking about before, and namely the earnings estimate outlook for 2020, it stands right now at 177, 178 on EPS for the S&P 500. Many people think that is several dollars too high. So if you haircut that down to 175, you're really relying on the multiple to get you above 3,000. And I think until you really clear away all the trade overhangs, including you get you get definitive clarity on China, Trump comes out and definitively swears off uh, Eurozone auto tariffs, that multiple will struggle to get above 17 times. So that all corresponds to that 3,000 ceiling. So that's really the big theme uh, for the morning. Not really a ton of uh, other news out. There is this interesting debate about the Fed after the Powell speech where he all but stated pretty explicitly that they're going to be expanding the balance sheet again. We're probably going to get a formal announcement on the, uh, at the October 30th meeting. And then many debating whether or not this constitutes quantitative easing or not. They are going to be expanding the balance sheet. So one could argue that is a form of quantitative easing. The Fed would push back and say their post-crisis asset purchase programs, which were targeted at longer duration assets 
and they were removing duration from the market by buying them, that was the real provisioning of accommodation to the market. So these purchases, which will probably be around $200 billion, are going to be targeted at short-term T-bills. And in their mind, this is simply a technical adjustment, not quantitative easing. Um, you know, I think you could argue both sides. The result would be likely some curve steepening in that these T-bill purchases should place pressure on short-end yields um, and drive some steepening in the curve. So that, that would be a mild positive for equities if that were to happen. Um, other than that, there's really kind of nothing else super major to talk about, some more Brexit news, but that has really not been a major concern in the U.S. Another update on the GMUAW process. Um, you know, recall over the weekend, the UAW said talks had taken a turn for the worse, but it does look like they're making some progress on some key issues. There's really kind of one major thorny issue left, which is kind of this, uh, the whole wage dynamic. On the calendar for today, there is not much that is scheduled. You're going to get LVMH Q3 sales out midday. That's after the European close, midday in the U.S. And then we get the Fed minutes at two o'clock. I think the Fed minutes are largely irrelevant at this point. They were from a meeting that was before we got those September ISM numbers. I think the most recent record of, of Fed thinking is kind of what Powell said yesterday. So, you know, you are going to get this. It looks like you're going to get this rate cut on October 30th. Um, and then I would imagine at that point in time, they're probably going to signal that they're largely done with easing for the time being. And they're, and they're going to, I think, be more explicit about uh, being on hold. But like I said before, I think... The big deliverable on that October 30th meeting is going to be the specifics of this balance sheet expansion. So that is it for today. This is the Vital Dawn podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.